0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I am here with
1: Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Hi, Nikki. Hi, Pete Wright. How excited are you about this show today? Giddy. Giddy with anticipation.
0: I'm not Gitty. often giddy with anticipation, but today I am. You know, we, we started this conversation last week about budgeting for the holidays, and mm-hmm. we're doing a little uh, we're doing a little uh, pair of episodes around money this this fine holiday season. Uh, and this week, we're talking to Jesse Meekum. Jesse is the founder, originator, uh, first CEO of You Need a Budget YNAB. Uh, which is a tool that has completely changed. Uh, the the metaphor that I live with with money and uh, it is extraordinary um, we talk about how it came to be the methodology behind it uh, and, and I know we are going to talk a lot about Winab as a tool but I, I hope that when you're listening to this even if you don't use Winab which you don't have to do, that you hear the methodology behind it. Listen for those rules that he talks about because I think it can change the way you relate to money too if you're struggling with it at all, if you, if you find that you, you could use a little bit of better practice around living with your money. It's huge. Uh, so that's good news. Yes, indeed. Before we we dig into our conversation with Jesse, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. You can get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to our mailing list, and we will send you an email each time a new episode is released. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest at Take Control ADHD. But if you really want to jump in and and chat with us, head over to our Discord community. Just visit TakeControlADHD.com slash Discord. And you'll be whisked over to the general invitation and log in. If you are looking for something a little bit more, particularly if this show has ever touched you or helped you understand your relationship with ADHD in a new way, we invite you to support the show directly through Patreon. Patreon is listener-supported podcasting. With a few dollars each month, you can help guarantee that we continue to grow the show and add new features and invest more heavily in our community. We have a bunch of different tiers, and with each tier, you get more stuff. Uh, As we record this, for example, one of the benefits is uh, joining us for ADHD happy hour, which happens the day we're recording this tonight, which is uh, where we all hang out together in our Discord channel. And we talk about stuff that isn't necessarily always painful. We just have fun and happy and catch up. And it's really, really great. It's one of my favorite things about this community. Learn more about that at patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. Patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. Okay, Nikki, do we have news?
1: We do, we do, we do. Yay. Yay. Okay, so GPS, guided planning sessions. The monthly membership is open. Enrollment is open. It will be open until January 2nd. There is so much to this membership that I can't even tell you all about it right now in this (laughs) podcast. You have to go visit the website because there's so many good things about it. And, uh, and I'm really proud of it. And uh, it's been a wonderful journey that I've taken with all of these uh, current and past GPS members. And I want to take them, take this journey with you guys too. So check out GPS uh, on our takecontroladhd.com website. You're going to see the different stages, all of the different benefits, everything that is beautiful around planning and why it can be a beautiful thing for you. It doesn't have to be an awful thing. Um, so go check it out. And uh, if you have questions, let us know. If you happen to be listening to this uh, after January 2nd, still go to the website, still go check it out and put yourself on the wait list so that you will know uh, when it opens up again in a few months. You can
0: go straight to it at takecontroladhd.com GPS. Just slash GPS. Take you right there and enrollment open now. Okay. Shall we get Jesse? Wanna get Jesse?
1: Let's get Jesse. Jesse!
0: Jesse Meekum is founder of You Need a Budget, or YNAB, an award-winning money management app and personal finance expert. Jesse hosts the You Need a Budget podcast, the Beginning Balance podcast, and is the Wall Street Journal best-selling author of the book of the name You Need a Budget. The smart money mama herself, Chelsea Brennan, introduced us to YNAB back in 2020, and the tool quickly landed at the top of our list of favorite life-changing services. So, Jesse is here, not only as a budgeting guy, we think you'd like to meet, but because we are legit fans. Jesse, welcome to the ADHD podcast.
2: Thank you very much, I'm glad to be here. Very excited to be
0: here. Jesse, you you started podcasting uh, just a little bit after we did, and I should just tell you, I've listened to every episode. Uh, you, you Sometimes you uh, podcast me to sleep. Uh, but mm-hmm. as I've listened to every one of your episodes, I'm just curious if you listened to every one of ours. Is this a reciprocal? I yet, I'll get or... started. Okay, I'll start. I'll start right away. You're right. Yeah, great perfect. answer. That was perfect. The bar has been set, and now we're ready to go. Um, can we just give us a? I know you've you've told this story uh, many many times, but for those who have never met you or heard you or listened to your podcast yet, just give us a the the brief the summary mm-hmm. of how you ended up here uh, by way of budgeting. What a weird what a weird path. Yeah.
2: Uh, so the, the, the brief of it is I met a girl and we quickly fell in love, decided to get married. I think we would have been, I had just turned 22 when we got married and, um, we were still in school and I had always been kind of money minded, like, oh, this stuff seems useful, uh, as a kid. And so when we were engaged, I had this idea of like, let's just, we're going to need to really watch our money. We don't make a lot. I think we were making 10 bucks an hour at, you know, places. And, um, it wasn't, and Julie majored in social work. And so her, her job prospects after she graduated in a year, were going to be like 13 an hour. Yeah. Right. Um, and I still had three years of school left, uh, to get an accounting degree. So that was the big plan, but I knew we needed to watch our money closely. And so I built a, at the time, a spreadsheet just for me and Julie. I, I had no concept of like, oh, other people mm. will want this. This was before phones that could do anything except have you call people and the spreadsheet did the job. So we used it and I kind of would tweak as as we used it and kind of fell on our faces. Um, I made it work in a way that I thought just worked. And that for the whole year that we kind of used that first iteration gave us uh, a good bit of savings, but still not enough for Julie to be able to step out of the workforce once our first baby was coming and for us to be able to ride that that savings through until I graduated. And so that was then this pinch of we need money, how do we get money was, well, maybe we could sell this terribly useful spreadsheet to people and uh, they would find some utility there as well. So that there was not some grand business plan. There wasn't like, I'm an entrepreneur, nothing like that. It was just, oh, this might be useful. And so here we are now almost, gosh, almost 20 years later, Yeah, it, right. and it, it did not, off. it did not take off. Right. It was, it has been the longest grind <laughs> okay. and, and yeah, it's, it, it was very, <laughs> wow, um, yeah. it took just, I mean, just loads of effort year after year after year, yeah. but it was fun the whole yeah. time. So that, that part, I mm-hmm. guess, in a sense took off for me. I, I realized like, oh, I like this. I like seeing what it's doing for people. I like talking about it. I seem to not get tired mm-hmm. talking about it. I probably talk about it too much. And, um, everything is a metaphor about money management in my mind. And so things, I just thought, okay, I think I found my spot. So I lasted in accounting for 10 months, got my CPA and now I've, I'm recovering ever since from that. And, <laughs> and, 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 it really is, uh, I, it's just a passion of mine that it's merged, uh, teaching people with seeing their lives positively affected. And I, I just, I'm so, I just count myself so lucky that this gets to be my job.
1: So I know you have a podcast, you have this book, you have this great platform that we love. Uh, do you have, I mean, you have to have people around you. So do you have like a YNAB corporate uh, audience? Is it just
0: you and, you like, and YouTube <laughs> Hannah?
1: How does yeah. that work Hannah, as a business? Hannah is yeah, is yeah.
0: actually. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Not, um, she, yeah, so it is me and Hannah and then about 195 other people. Fantastic. Yeah. So... Um yeah, but there is yeah. no corporate headquarters to to your point. I sometimes I wish there were. I wish
1: you right. we, Like virtual. during the
2: pandemic, I was glad we didn't do that. Sure. But then there are a lot of times where I'm like, Right, oh, man, right. I really wish we could just hang out a little more. It's the first time where I've felt like my coworkers mm. like I want to see them more yeah. than than we get to see each other. Yeah. Um but mm-hmm. yeah, we've made it all work remotely mm-hmm. and
0: um so far so good.
1: Yeah,
0: right. Oh yeah. so uh, you just right. yeah. just set the ADHD stage. Uh, what is your relationship with ADHD? I
2: well, I, I was saying to you, Pete, before yeah. the show, maybe it's more than I thought it, it is. I, I I I don't have any official relationship. I've just been told over the years I'll have someone write a passionate email to me, mm. and I will say mostly it's at odd hours, and they mm, will send me this out. email that's like, hey, that all this stuff, and it's it's uh, moving to read because they'll tell me. I suffer from ADHD this has never worked and I I am still and I'll admit here I'm still ignorant to like the nuances of why Wyneb works so well for people that have ADHD and I did admit to you perhaps I'm a I have a little bit of it and that's why I found it worked for for me in mm-hmm. in early on and still to this day mm-hmm. I can't I can't I've tried getting rid of I've tried not doing it to see what would happen you know I've run yeah. experiments like that and I I lose a little bit of my soul so I, I got to keep
0: doing
1: it. <laughs> I think one of the letters that you probably have received signed, Pete, right? Well, I,
0: I actually it's probably all like my handwriting, but signed probably 50 different names. I, <laughs> names, uh, yeah. I, when I discovered I'm, I'm a uh, Quicken uh like refugee survivor. Yeah. Um, and I tried for many, many years because I thought I was supposed to. I was supposed to have, mm-hmm. you know, be ledger focused. And mm-hmm. that turns out was disastrous to me. So when I, yeah. when Chelsea introduced us to YNAB, I'll just tell you my, my hyper focus kicked in and I was so absorbed with making the changes that that YNAB was asking me to make, to stop thinking in terms of ca- accounts. I it, our Our credit union allows us to have to set up free accounts, like individual savings accounts for any goal we ever wanted to set. And I had like I would go in there and they would see me coming because I was the guy with 50 savings accounts. And it was a disaster. So YNAB was a real revelation to me in the way I think about money. Before we talk about some of those foundational elements, you did a podcast uh, a couple of days ago that or a couple of weeks ago I was two or three weeks ago uh, on the tenses of money and I think this was a response to a one of those uh listener letters but mm-hmm. it really hit home for me so to to get us started can you just reflect on what the tenses of money are as you reflected in that podcast and we'll we'll start take, talking about fear of budgets
2: yeah and and it's i'll stumble a little bit because it's kind of a new way of thinking about it yeah. like I said everything is kind of a money metaphor for me and i i i was just We, I'll say this, we attach a lot of emotion to money. That's like the most obvious statement in the world. And we Mm -hmm. attach a lot of emotion and like moral kind of judgment, a lot of judgment with, um, debt and a lot of judgment with savings. Yeah. And they're, they go in each direction. So if you have debt, you feel bad. If you're saving, you feel good. That's the cheapest way to, and if you're spending toss up, Mm -hmm. right? And most of the time we feel good and then bad Mm -hmm. with the spending. Mm -hmm. But when I was thinking through the tenses of money, it was just like, oh, it's just debt is money spent in the past tense, meaning you spent it before, but you're still dealing with it. You spent it in the past. And then you have your present spending, your present tense of money, which is what you're going to do right now, tomorrow. And then you have this, the future tense, like I will go, you know, that's the, the future tense of money is saving up for something. But. The nice thing about thinking about it is it's all just doing or in money's sense it's all just spending. And so we can just kind of say, "Oh, well what is money here for us to do?" Just and only spend it. The end. Now you could say, "Well, what about giving it to your kids?" Well, guess what they're going to do with it? Spend mm-hmm. it. Worse than I would mm-hmm. probably, you know? <laughs> or they you could say like, "Well, you shouldn't have debt." Well, what what is debt? Well, it's past spending. And so being able to kind of defang a little bit of how we categorize the money and then quickly feel about what we've done with money. I'm just, I'm finding that useful and just in, in kind of my thing, and it's all spending. So now what, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. it 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 mm-hmm. sucks the emotion out of it i like the way you use that sort of uh, defang it uh yeah. and 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 you know i think you know when you when you think about debt like past spending and the shame that goes along with it like once those spending decisions have been made it's like past decisions but you've filed all the serial numbers off right it's just yeah. this this giant weight that you carry and we living with adhd are no strangers to shame and self-doubt and judgment mm-hmm. and fear and and I think whatever we can do to help alleviate some of the weight of that is a step into the future. So that allows us, I think, to segue nicely into the four rules. And for those in our audience who don't know the four rules, let's let's walk through them real quick. Number one. So
2: one, one thing I'll say is I'm, I'm going to be a bad salesperson right here for just a moment. But I want to tell everyone that the rules are so much more important than the software. So our business makes money from the software Mm -hmm. and we teach for free. The rules work, period. So if you said, I like the rules, but I like this and I want to build my own spreadsheet or I I want to do a pencil and paper or whatever, then do that. Uh, One more caveat is if something is already working for you, okay, don't change it. And by already working, meaning You don't feel guilty when you spend money. If you're sharing finances with your partner, you're on the same page. Mm -hmm. You don't have fights about money, but you have really good, meaningful conversations about money. That's a, that's a plus. And if you are hitting your financial goals that you've set. So if you're doing those things, then a do not, do not rock the boat. So. Okay. Okay. That's my, my caveat. Um, our first rule is really, you say it's the most important rule and we call it giving every dollar a job. And all we're trying to do is exactly what you were doing, Pete, with the savings accounts. Mm -hmm. We're just trying to say, I have this pile of money in our checking account. And we try and derive information from that. Like, can I afford this? Should I buy this? Could I buy this? How will I feel when I buy all this? Or your, your spouse, like, hey, I just bought this or whatever. Can we buy this? And that's such a stressful question. We don't give it nearly as much credit as it's due. It is a stressful question to constantly daily, regularly, ask yourself, can I afford X? Whether it's a coffee or five hundred dollar leather boots, right? It's all the Mm -hmm. same. It's like, can I afford this stress? So when you're just looking at a pile of money in your checking account and you're trying to divine from that, can you afford that? You there's no way you're going to know. So what we do is we divvy up that pile of money and we're asking ourselves just one question over and over again. We're saying, when you have money, what should this money do before new money comes in? That's, that's the whole secret. And so then you can start to take that pile and kind of divvy it up. And you can be like, this is for the boots and I'm excited about the boots. This is for coffee and I'm excited about coffee and this is for property taxes, less excited, but I'm glad that I'm being responsible. Right. Mm-hmm. And as you divvy up those piles, then when Nikki comes and she's like, Hey, y'all, do you want to go to sushi? I can look at my pile of money instead of just being like finger in the wind. How am I feeling? It's just like, well, do I have restaurant money? No, I don't. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm getting to the third rule. Could I pull money from the boots, defer my boot purchase for a couple of weeks? Go to Sushi with Nikki? Yes, I could. I think that's worth it. And so you make a little adjustment, but I'm still looking at yeah. information that's actually telling me the answer of can I afford this? And so that first rule is, is paramount. It's it's kind of the core. Everything else is built on top of that. I'll kind of pause there. Yeah. I'll, well, and, I'll and just I just have going. to
1: say, as a selling point for YNAB, is it you make it so easy to see that, yeah. and you make it so easy to do the the I'm going to take it from the boots into the sushi area. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it, it is, it's so easy to do. So, so.
2: one thing we have going yeah. for us is the software is built. It serves the method. That's yeah the, so right. like, absolutely why, why can't I track my investments or do this or do that it's like because that's not what we're doing we're're mm-hmm. we're, we mm-hmm. we're getting the spending to where you love mm-hmm. it. Well right? and, I, and so
0: mm-hmm. yeah. I, I like the way you you frame it and the way the software feeds the method. One of the things we were talking about last week in our in our show on on budgeting getting ready for the holidays, which we'll follow up on here, is just the the history and, and sort of the legacy of envelope budgeting, right? Just mm-hmm. that that is rule number one. Like give every dollar a job is like first we're gonna eat. Like we're gonna put our cash that we need in our cash envelope for food. And when that money is gone, that money is gone. Uh, and so that leads us to rule number two. Yeah. And in, in Christmas
2: and the holiday spending is a good example of this rule two. We, we call it embracing your true expenses. It's about thinking long, but acting now. So you want to think about larger, less frequent expenses that will be coming up. Mm-hmm. And then you just take those amounts and you break them up into manageable monthly amounts. So, Christmas is not a good example right now because we are weeks away. Right. But um, imagine it's January 4th and we're kind of all out of the coma. We could say, okay, Christmas, the holidays, they're in 12 months. And I want to spend $1,200. And I mean all holiday spending, gifts, gifts you're forced to give, gifts you don't want to give, gifts you do want to give, all the, anything you, you've got going on, more travel, whatever mm-hmm. it is. You you would say, I want to spend $1,200. And then you just now have a Christmas holiday monthly bill that is $100 per month, $1,200. You got 12 12 months to save for it. And now this is the cool thing going back to rule one. I've got a hundred bucks sitting in my Christmas fund. I've got the no money in sushi. I've got the money in the boots. And then Nikki comes and asks, do you want to go to sushi? And now I'm like, oh, Christmas is in 12 months. I could take from there and catch up. Or I could now, I mean, I'm doing this weird thing that we don't ever do where we're weighing something far in the future and something right now, and we're giving them equal weight. And that's where we start to make really good decisions. And not like you don't need a financial advisor to do this. You just have to ask yourself, what do you want? And then you have to have good information that's telling you what the present state of things is. And with that being the case, you can now sit there and say, I've got, this thing in the future. And I've got this thing now and weigh them both together Mm -hmm. and and make the decision. Mm -hmm. And there's no shame. There's no, should you, shouldn't you? It's just, you have good information, ask yourself what you want, and then you make that call. Now rule two, looking ahead to those larger expenses, it's, it's vacations, it's Christmas. It's also bills, life insurance, summer camps, um, swimming college, college, college. Mm -hmm. I would almost, well, it depends on how far away college is college. You could almost start to put like investments, like I've mm-hmm. got this newborn, you know, investment mm-hmm. stuff. Or you could be like, college is three years away. Yeah, we got to start. We need it. to mm-hmm. you know, accelerate. Get on mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Or convince them. That the, w- the
1: way we- that I yeah. used it is uh, when my son was starting his freshman year at U- University of Oregon, I had a, a special area in YNAB that I wanted to have so much money saved by September 1st, mm-hmm. just to have the money, like the cash, yeah. you know, I wanted to have the cash and, um, and it, It did the math for me, so I didn't have to figure out how much I needed to put per month, you know, to get to that number, and uh, and it was really helpful to see because I think it's really easy to say, oh, by September first, we'll have five thousand dollars saved, so it will be you know just cash if we need it. But when you don't actually see that goal in on paper. And you don't actually see the money. Tra- I mean, even if you are transferring it to a savings, it's like, it's not, it doesn't feel real. Yeah. Like you want to see it. You want to see that this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of value to that. And I think, you know.
2: The realness that you're feeling is the is the the conflict. And I mean that in the most positive sense, the friction mm-hmm. between all of your priorities and this cash cushion for a freshman. So mm-hmm. y- the reason it's real is because you are making a trade-off. And mm-hmm. trade-offs are real and financialization of all things has made it so, so easy ever since the first credit card came out to just walk right past zero and not have to make a trade-off of like, does this matter to me or not? And I know there are always people that I I have to caveat this because there are people that genuinely do not make enough money and have an income problem. But for the vast majority of people and i I mean, the large swath of the middle, upper middle, they, they don't have an income problem. They think they do. They don't, they, they just have an awareness problem. And so when you can become Mm -hmm. aware of those trade-offs, you can recognize it's, it's not us saying Nikki, how dare you buy this or that shame on you for this. Don't do that. You know, it's just us helping you gain awareness, have good information. Mm -hmm. And then you say, you know what? I don't want to spend money on that anymore. And suddenly, the deprivation doesn't ever show because you aren't being deprived. You're just right. You're just clear minded. And that's that's the ticket. So you you end up with more money, with less guilt when you spend it, and you don't feel deprived. It's a it's a sweet, sweet spot in the Venn mm-hmm. diagram.
0: It, I it is, it. I, I mean, just hearing you say it, you, you capture my experience with it, which was how did I, how was I able to live as long as I was feeling those feelings? Yeah. It, it is stunning to me that that I, I feel like it's the the amazing sort of awakening when you wake up and realize I found a methodology and a metaphor that allows me to free myself of some of that judgment and shame. Yeah. We carry
2: stress because we're alive and have all the things going on, mm-hmm. right? Right. But this money stress that we carry, it is unnecessary. And it's it's a tragedy to think how much that stress permeates into every other part of our lives. So yeah. it, it, is, yeah. it is terribly gratifying to have you say that, Pete, where you just you realize I don't have to. I, you can have all the other stresses. You get sick. Someone's sick. You, you lose a loved one. All those things that belong in this life that we enjoy.
0: Mm-hmm. But
2: this one we don't need to carry. This one we can shed and, and never pick up again.
0: So much of what you were talking about in terms of making choices, making those sort of predictive choices with the sushi and the boots and everything uh, that that's rule number three, roll with the punches just to put words to it. But it allows me to sort of skip through it and talk about number four, which I think is the was a very uh, challenging thing to wrap my head around early on. And that is aging your money. What does that mean? And why do we
2: care about it? I'll, I'll be honest. Like I think we might want to rename the rule because it's a it's it's too there's too many mm-hmm. jumps to get someone to understand it, for us. But um, we the idea is that w- as soon as you earn a dollar and it's in your pocket, it begins to age. It gets older and older. The longer it sits in your pocket, the older it gets. Mm-hmm. And so if I earn a dollar Friday and I spend it Saturday, I spent a dollar that's a day old. And mm-hmm. this is a metric that I made up. It came originally from how they account for inventory in business, mm-hmm. which is the most boring thing to talk about. So that's the last thing I'll say about it, but it came from that. <laughs> okay. So the, the idea is that you, you can just let that money sit. And the longer money sits to a degree, um, how do I say this? The more options you have. So cash always cash is a, is a, an option on a future decision. So when you're holding cash, you're holding a decision, a decision not yet made. And that's critical. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's valuable to be able to hold unmade decisions is very, very useful in finance. They have a whole category of finance options trading and a whole way of valuing options. And the whole thing is the longer you have to exercise that option, the more valuable it is. And so what we're trying to do is flip all of it on its head where we're told spend money now, Um, you know, if you don't spend it now, you'll run out of it for some other reason. So go ahead and spend it now. We're trying to just say, Hey, let money sit. Just let it sit. Give yourself breathing room to have time to make good decisions. This whole framework is just a decision-making framework. So we've talked about the power of trade-offs. We've talked about being future oriented, What helps decision making. We've talked about rule three, rolling with the punches, which is just code for being flexible Mm -hmm. with yourself. Mm -hmm. And now this, this final rule is saying in order to have, make the best decision, you need to have time on your side. And so when you can sit and say, you know, this dollar that I spent today on sushi, I earned that 45 days ago. It's been just sitting in my system doing nothing Mm -hmm. for 45 days it wasn't doing nothing. It was giving you tremendous peace of mind. And it was giving you that optionality that is is so critical. So when my teenage son slides into a pole in a parking lot because of some snow that he decided it would be fun to drive through instead of go around, hypothetical probably, or maybe not.
0: Don't know anything about it.
2: Yeah, then you can (laughs) sit there and say, well, what are we gonna do with this car? How are we gonna do this? You you aren't feeling like, this has got to happen right Mm -hmm. now. And mm-hmm. that that just helps you make better decisions. So that rule four of aging your money, letting it sit, it's about you stepping back from that financial edge. That's a de-stressor right there. Yeah, and then improving your decision making.
0: I as a as just a way we in in order for us my my wife and I to kind of uh, wrap our heads around it we we were able to we sort of allowed ourselves to let go of. The metric, like, do you have six months of savings, yeah. you know, in case, the emergency fund, right? And we mm-hmm. were constantly struggling with having this amount of money that we couldn't quite figure out for six months of an emergency fund. We let go of that completely. We no longer have an emergency fund account. What we have is all of our expenses in YNAB. And when one is full for a current month, we move forward and start filling the next month. And in the YNAB interface, there's a little metric up in the corner. It says, like, how, what is the age of your money? And ours is right now for the first time in our lives, it's 147 days oh, because perfect. we're funding future months of actual expenses rather than this just arbitrary six month like number that we're that we have no emotional connection to. Right. Like yeah. that that was that was the value for us of that that particular scorecard, like right? score sheet mm-hmm. of, of age of money. And it makes, uh, you know, it makes sense hearing you talk about it. But for us, like the practical application of filling categories ahead of time is stunning.
2: Yeah, it also to be quite frank, it makes the management of the whole system a little easier sure. when money comes in and you can just let it sit and then once a week, once a month, you actually are funding all of your categories and kind of doing that at one time. When you first get started and frankly, if if you my guess is if you suffer from ADHD, more frequent would be better kind of mm-hmm. staying on top of it instead of having it loom, but all anyone would be better served that way. So when you first start, you want to be in it regularly, daily, and kind of exercising those muscles that have lied dormant for a long time and getting used to that. Mm-hmm. But the idea of just funding it in the future, throwing it to the future, is it's so powerful. And then, then as Nikki said, it makes it real because it's not just some grobe emergency fund that's like for an emergency. Well, what's an emergency? The, when uh, we got the car that got some, you know, maybe totaled, was that an emergency? Well, no, it's actually not. When the HVAC went out and I had money set aside for a home maintenance, is that an emergency? No. Car tires? Like, YNABers tend to not have emergencies anymore because they're ready, yeah. which is a, right. is a funny thing. We only, we only really call it an emergency when we were caught not ready for it. You know, like, you come out and there's a rainstorm, you don't have a rain jacket, you're like, oh my gosh, what an emergency. The guy next to you with the rain jacket It's kind of like, what are you talking about? Like, Oh, I, you know, I had the weather report already. So in that way, you'll find as you work the system, emergencies decline and you've Mm -hmm. given jobs that those specific savings that make it more real and frankly, more satisfying to be able to say Mm -hmm. this is for new tires and this is for new HVAC and the roof's going to go in 10 years. So we're going to throw a little bit at the roof that it, It gives it a real tangible job. So then you can't so easily rate it and say, well, I want this thing right now. Well, you, you want to be left not able to afford new tires. And most people don't make that, don't make that decision.
0: You have the word budget in the title. Uh, What do you say to people who hear the word budget and uh, react, uh, shall I say, uh, negatively? I agree with them. Yeah, I, uh, I agree.
2: I mean, we, we literally, I I've thought about just rebranding and just saying we're Wineab. What does YNAB stand for? Nothing. Don't even worry about it. Can we tell you about these four rules? Yeah. You know, that kind of a thing. <laughs> right. Um, right. When people hear the word bud- budget, they think restriction. And I, yeah. I'll tell you, I spend money, the least restricted of anyone I know. And it's not because we have gobs and gobs of it. It's just when I want something, I know the money's there for it and everything else is covered. It is a joy to buy mm-hmm. something for the wood shop mm-hmm. and know that everything else is taken care of. It it adds the fun back into spending. Spending money needs to and should be fun. You spend all this time and effort converting your life's energy into this dollar and then. When it then, when you want to use your life's energy for something that you would enjoy, it's just like, oh, I well, I shouldn't have, or I can't, or I and oh, what a shame. So, if a budget Mm -hmm. to you means restrictive and you can't spend, then you're right, you don't need a budget. But what you do need is a framework for decision making that will allow you to fall in love with spending your money and maybe even fall in love with how your spouse spends
0: money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, One more. A practical question about how you think about and evolved this particular function, because I know we have people in our community and as a recovering, uh, you know, uh, person with this challenge, uh, how you think about credit cards and living with credit cards and using credit cards and keeping credit cards paid off is is a particularly revolutionary thing for for me. Yeah. How did you how'd you get there?
2: Well, one is the easiest way to stay out of credit card trouble at first is just to get rid of them. Yeah. And forget, mm-hmm. forget everything about like, oh, my credit score, this or that. Your credit score is probably not that great, to be honest. So maybe a little pause would would do well. So the quick and dirty way is just like get rid of the credit card. Um, I personally I and I ranted about this on the podcast just recently. I personally I'm not a huge fan of credit cards because the only the only player in there that seems to be winning no matter what happens is the bank. And so I'm always like, and I'm fine that every business is trying to make profit. Believe me, I'm all for that. Mm -hmm. But like, I just don't, I just wish that they wouldn't make profit all the time, no matter what, regardless of what happens to everyone else. Yeah. And that, and credit cards do that for them. So we have to be aware of just how bad banks want us to use them and just know that, okay, this person really wants me to use them. So that being said, Stop using them if you have a problem with them, don't make them accessible, remove them from your autofill in your browser, like get get rid of them. Um, YNAB, however, is agnostic in the sense that we really don't care if you're spending cash that you have on your debit card or if you're spending a credit card, we figured out a way to make it seem like um, and behave the same as if you were spending cash all the time. YNAB is essentially a cash accounting system for your decisions to be made. And when you make a credit card swipe at a grocery store, no cash has left your system. The bank sent the credit card or the cash to the grocer and you just stood there swiping. You're on the hook for it, but no cash changed hands involving you. What we do is we say, okay, Jesse set aside $100 of cash in his grocery category, but he used a credit card we're going to take that $100 from his grocery category as if it were cash. And we're going to move it over to his credit card payment category. So in my mind, as I'm making decisions and looking on my phone and seeing in groceries, I see I have zero money left. But my credit card payment category, the cash I'll use to make the credit card payment now has $100 in it. And so we're doing this little sleight of hand. The software is doing it all. But it's if you just stick to, I'm going to make decisions based on what money, what cash is in my categories, you'll, you, you'll be fine. And so we kind of do it sneaky. Yeah. Um, but it, it works again. If you, if you've got a real problem and you need like, you're like, Jesse, I, I have a aid, Like I I'm a drunk with a drink. I would say, don't go near the bars, yeah. throw away the drinks. Like we got to do that. But once, once you've figured out and you got the behavioral things shifted, which I know people can do, Then if you want to use a credit card for perks or um, work reimbursements, things like that, it, it works. It works very, very well.
0: That that's that's the thing is that it is so sneaky. It's such a a weird little <laughs> shell game that I feel like I I don't lose this shell game ever because I've budgeted. Yeah. It, it is such a an amazing surprise every time I go in at the end of the month to make a credit card payment, and there's like thousands of dollars in that that yeah. cash that's just ready to send. Um, it, it is uh, it's extraordinary, and so I I think understanding that model, even if I didn't understand anything about the rest of the budget, when you you talk about how the rules apply to, you know, whether you're using wide or not, that was a, a central thing that got me out of thinking weirdly about credit cards, thinking yeah. in terms of, you know, I'm the loser in this game. And, yeah. uh, and, and I feel like, you know, we're actually we, you know, we do that we have the cash back and we're actually making yeah. money like we, we save that money for trips and um uh, and so it's it's pretty extraordinary so what's what we did
2: people mm-hmm. was yeah. we made you cash focused yeah. even when you weren't using cash right. and that's that's the huge whole
0: that's yeah. it's magic mm-hmm. it, it is magic um so uh, talking about uh getting set up i we have people who start YNAB they try YNAB they struggle with YNAB because it feels overwhelming uh, my my sense is that getting over the hump for changing their behavior on top of learning new systems is really challenging. How do you how do you guide people to start simply and not get overwhelmed, especially yeah. for people like us who who it seems like either we're overwhelmed and we abandon or we hyper focus and get way too detailed. Like, can you yeah. go too far?
2: yeah. Yeah. You probably can go too far. <laughs> <You> probably can. <laughs> I would rather air people, you know, people err on that side than the other. Yeah. But, um, uh, one, one is just kind of high level principle is be realistic in your, you know, in your goals. So people maybe have heard us say, you know, you get a month ahead and so you're able to fund a month with money that you've earned last month. Well, that's amazing. But on average, it takes people about four months to get there. It's not just like a quick one and done kind of right. a thing. So be realistic there. Um, if you're a foodie and you love eating out, then throw lots of money there. You've been spending that money already. Yeah. So like no harm to do it a little while longer. Right. And see how things shake out. Um, just kind of track for a while and don't worry too much about the allocation of money just to get used to. Like you're at the grocery store, you swipe, you pull out your phone, you record the transaction, just that little bit of awareness, be in it daily, tie it to another habit that you that's ingrained like coffee or something where you're like I do not miss coffee. Well, don't miss coffee and wine app every morning. So we have a lot mm-hmm. of people that just marry those two together and that that works very very well. Um leverage like I mentioned we have all these people that work at WineApp leverage us like lean on lean on us. We run classes all the time, live classes. We have there's probably someone else with ADHD in the class. You could be like, "Hey, anyone else?" They'll raise their hand. The, the teachers have taught all, millions of people at this point. You cannot ask them a question that they can't finish asking for you. Like they're so, they've heard it all. So they're live. It's not like a fake live pre-recorded thing. They're live. You can test them, to have them say a weird word that you'll get it. You know, like it, they're live, right? We've had that happen. Like say Balani. It's like, it's <laughs> all so,
0: AI now, right? But yeah,
2: it's like leverage Hannah on YouTube. She, she's fun and, but she's teaching rock solid principles. So lean into the support, lean into the classes, lean into our Reddit community. If you, you know, if you need help there. Mm-hmm. there are there are people in our subreddit the YNAB subreddit that are have ADHD and are like oh yeah here's how here's what helped me so yeah just lean on the support
1: I have to agree I know when I first started setting it up I didn't and I'm sure I'm not the only one I'm like I'll just figure it out it's very intuitive <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't figure it out and then I had to like close that one and <laughs> redo another one and you really, you know, i think in any new system you really should pay attention to the tutorials and the videos and like do the trainings because then it eliminates a lot of the time of trying to figure it out on your own. Yeah. Uh I definitely second I mean, that.
2: We have a feature built into the software called fresh start. Like oh, we know we yeah. know people dive in and then they're like, "Oh, wait, i did this wrong." So we we start yeah. them fresh
0: yeah, um, yeah. Uh, okay. I and I'll I'll just say from my experience setting it up, I, I uh, did not have a problem uh, starting and then abandoning because I went <laughs> uh, bonkers. I like I uh, didn't sleep for three days. You
1: hyper I did. And, <laughs> and that is
0: the that's what I mean. Like, I, I feel like I really live on that. My life should serve as a, a warning for others. His favorite um, show
1: is from is Chelsea's show. Like. Yeah. Chelsea's show. And <laughs> Hannah,
0: I, I mean, I watched I watched the whole YouTube channel. Let's just say the YNAB <laughs> YouTube channel is extraordinary. And I watched all of the, the videos and feel like I learned a lot about the software and set it all up. But my challenge is consistency, is mm-hmm. making that leap yeah. from initial setup and getting all of our life into WinApp, and then making sure that I'm you know, entering the, the you know, entering and reconciling and doing all those things. I happen to be in a place where uh, I live with somebody who doesn't uh, live with uh, ADHD the way I do. And the balance between us, I can go in and do all the month end where it takes hours and I love like getting in and reconciling transactions. And she is really good at the day to day, like just making sure that, hey, are we making those roll with the punches choices uh, that we need? be making. If I were living with somebody else like me, it would be a different story. Um, And and so I'm I'm, you know, I'm struggling. I guess I'm asking both of you in this case, you know, ADHD coach um, too, Nikki, like, what do you think about splitting the deeds when you have uh, two people living with ADHD in a tool that does require some pretty consistent attention?
1: Well, something I would add to what uh, Jesse has already said is that it has to become a habit. And if you can attach it to something else that you're already doing, it can make it a lot easier to stay as consistent. But I think with ADHD, it's okay to not be consistent because you're not going to be like, you almost have to just embrace that. I'm probably not going to look at it every day, but if you can look at it weekly um, and have that be part of like, get ready for the week routine, Mm -hmm. you know, or a lot of people will have like a Sunday routine to get ready for the work week, like somehow attach that to something to, and you need the reminders, right? ADHD mean reminders. So they need to have those reminders set in place that, Hey, it's time to have that family meeting. It's time to have, um, you know, let's look at our budget. Let's look at what's going on this week. Let's meal, you know, let's plan our meals. I mean, do it all kind of as a, as a, um, meeting type of mm-hmm. thing can can help but i think with with why I mean, one of the the issues and i don't have edhd and i got behind on it right. and i think it's just also going back in and being like okay i just need to spend some time on this mm-hmm. like i know i need to spend some time and if it's too overwhelming to try to catch up all at once you break it down you you spend a little bit today and then tomorrow 10 minutes and then the, and, and eventually you will get Reconciled, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, but you do have to have the focus of, or the intentional focus that I'm going to pay attention to this, and I need to to get it caught
0: up. I made it. I made it my new tab home screen. Like when I open a new tab browser window, oh, yeah. it's my YNAB budget. Like it's right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on kids uh, when you start teaching kids about the value of money oh, and using I the budget. you're going to say more generally like oh, I like them for the most part yeah. <laughs>
1: okay how do you, you make know, use of you know, children in your moments. life pluses and minuses <laughs> yeah.
2: um, let's. you know I I uh, I've only ever been a parent one time and we're still working through it mm-hmm. you know so like this is kind of one one experimenter talking to another perhaps yeah, truly mm-hmm. um but I've found a couple things one is kids are young kids are really good at using those four rules we talked about. If you go to a kid and you say, here's a hundred bucks and you take them to a store, they'll figure out what they want to do with the money. And they won't, they won't overspend. They—they they, There's no, no concept like, to the oh, penny. well, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll <laughs> yeah. maximize it, you know, or if you right. say like, I'll, I'll walk them through when they're eight years old is when I set them up with their own budget. And we just released a feature called App together. So you can add your kids to the same subscription and see their budgets, but they can't see yours. Ooh. So that's, that's a nice, mm-hmm. a nice to have. Um, that's cool. And I think up to like five, five members maybe in that group.
1: That's so fantastic. it's, it
2: handles a lot of people. It, like if they're in, they're in college or whatever, or for the, you know, a close friend, it, it works. But, um, what would happen is, I would I would set them up to fail when I first go on the budget. I'd be like, what do you want? You know, Rose, what do you want? And she'd be like, oh, I don't know. And you're like, well, no, don't you love? And I would just feed the machine. I would like start to really stoke the fire. And then she would get going. She'd be like, oh, I do want new this. And I, oh, I want a new jacket. And I want this. And I love this. And it was, so I would just make this laundry list of categories. I would try and get to like 20. Mm-hmm. 20 was a good mm-hmm. number. She's just exhausted her, her desires. And I'm just stoking the flame the whole time. And then we would say, okay, well, in your account, you have, you know, I don't know, whatever. And let's, let's figure out what we want to buy. And immediately she would just be like, oh, these 18. I don't really care about, but that one, mm-hmm. like she prioritized like that. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have any question Like they, the kids very rarely want to spread out all of their money over lots of goals. They want to focus. They're like, I want yeah. it as fast as I can get it. Right. Yeah. And These other things can
0: wait. They can. It's they, like there's yeah. a line, there's mm-hmm. a queue and they'll take one at a time until they get there. Yeah. They don't want to mm-hmm. see
2: them all marching shoulder to shoulder yes. toward them and take forever. They want them to line up the other way and get there quickly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's so that's been they just they get the trade offs. They get it as adults mm-hmm. somewhere along the way. We lose it. And we're like, well, I should have that, too. I should have mm-hmm. that, too. It's like, well, no, you shouldn't. You don't have any money for it. You, you absolutely yeah. right. shouldn't have that. And that's the bit. So when they're eight years old is when I kick them off on this. And then every first Sunday of the month, uh, because in our religion, it's distinct. It's where we fast. So it's in my mind different already. I've attached Mm -hmm. where I can go into my kids, um, budgets with them and sit down and reconcile. And as they get older, I have them drive when they're first younger, I do all the reconciling and there's barely anything to do anyway. And we just Mm -hmm. talk about, Hey, has it changed? Do you want anything else? we still want to put money here the only thing i make sure that they're touching the keyboard for when they're little is adding the money to their category and hitting enter like yes this part's fun you know wow. yeah
1: you know something that we did cuz my i mentioned this last week my husband is very um Great with money, he's very good with money, and it's obnoxious. Uh, he's really so good with yeah.
0: money. It's, he's, it's, he's no property. Really
1: yeah. I've never <laughs>
2: met him, but I already kind of don't like him a little bit. Yeah, is, it's, it's we
1: we've had some we've had some pretty heated arguments, but you know that that's that's what it is to be married yeah, over twenty years, out. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but one of the things that we did with our kids when they were very young started when they were very young. Um, as soon as they wanted stuff, we. I would take them to the grocery store and they would ask for something and I would say, you know what? I understand you want that, but I don't have it in our budget. We only have so much money for groceries and that's what we have to pay Mm -hmm. our money for is our groceries. We just don't have the money for that. And they can't argue. Yeah. Yeah. There's not anything that they can argue. They can't like, oh, but I really want it. Well, I know you really want it. I get that. But we just don't have enough money budgeted right now. I, I can only buy the groceries. But I really want it. I get that. I mean, it just ends up being the same conversation, but they can't really argue with it. And I also think because my kids are really good with their money and they're 17 and 20 and they're really hard workers and they save their money. And I think that a lot of it, too, you do have to kind of see as a parent, how are you role modeling? Oh, absolutely. uh, You know what what you're doing, they see and they're very thoughtful And their purchases. And I mean, I remember my son was like in kindergarten and we went to a Sesame Street show, you know, one of those like live Sesame Street shows. And I'm like, hey, Jaden, what do you want? Like you can have anything you want, like a little, you know, do you want a t-shirt? No, I don't need a t-shirt. I have one. (laughs) Oh, love (laughs) that. Love that. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, Kinzer yeah. blood. Yeah, right. You are mm, such a right. Kinzer. Like some of it is so inherited, I think, too. But, you know, you ended up getting some like little toy. But it really is interesting to kind of watch them, too, to see what's important and what's not. And like you said, Jesse, I think that they are much more capable of, of prioritizing than We maybe yeah. give them credit for. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think they unlearn good money habits. Mm-hmm. For
1: sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This is fascinating. Jesse, uh, I'm telling you, uh I'm super grateful for you for your time. Oh thanks. Uh, yeah, certainly. For thank you so much. You're not uh you you step down from running the place, right? You're just teaching. Mm-hmm. Is that what's what was behind that? Uh just wanting to
2: not have to worry about the day to day management and kind of like the org structure and yeah. all those things. So Todd is is the CEO. He's been at YNAB for a Long decade. Time, right? Um Mm-hmm. and he's been through all different parts of the organization, and so he's well-equipped, and he's far better at that management stuff than I was. Um, <laughs> but I still get to have my hand in all kinds of things as far as just pro- the product and where I want to, though. It's, it's fun. Like, I get to kind of cherry-pick, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and then I get to do these podcasts, and, and it's just it's perfect for me. It, like, lets me kind of move from project to project. I don't have to belabor one thing terribly long. Um, and I get to kind of satisfy that need of, of context switching more regularly. So I, I've loved it. He's he'll be almost it'll be almost two years in yeah. the next couple of months, and he's doing a fantastic job. Well, good.
1: It's amazing yeah. that an idea from a spreadsheet that you and your wife had has changed so many people's lives. Yeah. And yeah. just thank you. Thank you for well, bringing you. that out to the yeah. world. Yeah. It's uh, Not, not. uh, It's not an easy thing to do, right? Like to say, "Hey, look, this is what I have," and you built this wonderful tool.
2: Well, I was in my twenties, so I was super
0: egotistical. It was easy
1: (laughs) solving the world's problems. I know how awesome it is. Totally approachable
0: at that point. Yeah, Yeah.
1: (laughs) that's right. We should
0: appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, We now we've got a a thirty-four day the standard free trial is thirty-four days. Uh, at YNAB.com. And you should absolutely check that out. We've got links to the show no- in the show notes to everything. But what is the the most important thing for you that you want to pitch right now today?
2: Oh, gosh, well, you just did it. Yeah, just give it a shot. Yeah. Be patient and gracious with yourself. And lean on us Write in live chat with us go to classes. It's like you said, Pete, once you realize that you can get rid of that unnecessary stress and just worry about all the other stress, it's, that's a good, it's a good thing. So yeah, just go give it a, give it a whirl. And maybe, you know, maybe don't tie it to like the new year's resolution situation. Maybe you recognize that this is, this is like a long haul. I'm not, this is not a one and done. I'm going to go crazy for two weeks in the gym situation. For For sure, Let's Good adopt the long-haul approach on this.
0: For sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to this show. We sure appreciate your time and attention. On behalf of Jesse Meekham and Mickey Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you next week right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast.